what are those days like for you when you need to to pull back and you need to distance yourself from your content creation your audience yeah i, I must admit i've only probably realized i need a bit of me time recently it, it's about the process it's not about do i want to sometimes it's i've got to but i must admit probably this year more than ever I've started to realize that I probably do need to give myself just that little bit more release time, that mm. little bit more time to get away from not only work, but also sometimes the family, you know, and, and I love my family, obviously. Everyone, you know, right. everyone loves their own family. But sometimes, you know, it, it's nice to have a, have a me day. Hey y'all, this is Connor. Thank you so much for tapping into another session of Group Golf Therapy. If you're new to the show, my two work husbands, Bradford Wilson, Drew Westfall, and I host open and raw conversations about how golf makes us feel, the joys, the pains, and what makes us bubble with rage. Today, the GGT couch is warmed by one of the OG golf YouTubers, Rick Shields. Rick has built an empire. He calls it a monster, which is made up of millions, millions, literally millions of fans and subscribers. We heard from Rick about when the pandemic first hit in the UK and how he felt obligated to keep providing value to his fan base, to add a shred of normalcy to an otherwise terrifying set of world events. It seems that we caught Rick at a really pivotal moment in his life outside of golf. He copped to having only recently given himself some me time and self-care, and I'm excited to keep following that journey for him. Now, I don't know what golf balls Rick plays, but if you've been listening to GGT for a while, you'll know that we're team Uncommon. I play the Model 55s, which is Uncommon's advanced level ball, not to toot my own horn, and they do wonders for my thrashingly violent, weird golf swing. Here's the deal. Use code GGHadid, wait, no, that doesn't matter. Use GGT when you're at checkout, and you'll get free shipping on your order. No supply chain issues here. I know that you'll love these golf balls. Our group golf therapy session with Rick Shields starts right now. You know what to do, hit them straight, and mind your golf. I wouldn't say it was a messed up. It was a, it was an over prep. <laughs> well, we had um, daylight saving hour changed for us on right Saturday, on right? Or yesterday, Saturday. Oh, yeah, sun, Sunday morning, effectively. Right. And I think are you guys a week later? You yeah, don't do that. We're this week. week. Mm-hmm. So, so did that mess things up as an excuse? Maybe. Yes. Sure. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Halloween over there is crazy, right? Oh, big time. Yeah. And it's not in the UK. It's getting there. Because it's... of what's happened in the US? No, it's, yeah, because of you bloody Americans. That's why, right. that's why it is happening. It's, it's gone crazy. The last, obviously last year was n- not much going on, but this year, it feels like it's gone crazy with the advent of like social media. Is that just just people more people are dressing up, people are decorating mm. the houses. Mm. Um, it's in it's in all the shops. Like mm. we, I mean, again, going back 
when I was a kid, I feel like there would have been a little tiny bit of that, but now it's on such a bigger scale. Um, but I know, obviously, like there'll be Halloween parties, uh, and I know you guys like dress up like crazy. Yeah. Um, we, we're not there yet. It's getting there though. I've seen glimpses already this weekend. It's definitely going that way. I think next couple of years, um, it'll be as big over here as it is over there. Really. No, in the U.S., there is a full-on Halloween industrial complex, and there's. <laughs> I, I I don't want to. I don't want to know how much money per year is spent on it's, Halloween. It's, it's actually, got. It's I a actually, huge industry. I actually know. I actually looked it up yesterday. Amer- yeah, tell. yeah. Americans spend six billion a year on Halloween. Breaking news. On, on a on a completely made up right event that kind of means nothing. It's crazy, <laughs> but yeah, six, I, I think the, the witch and Wiccan community might get on you for that one. <laughs> right, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Now, for most of the time of the year, you're telling your kids don't take, don't talk to strangers, and don't take sweets off strangers. And then, and then the next thing, you're knocking at strangers' houses asking for sweets. <laughs> Just <not> like. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this this year the, again, the problem is at the moment they're going. I can't wait for Halloween. I can't wait to go and collect some candy. Now we we don't call it candy here, but obviously they've been watching YouTube or YouTube Kids or whatever, and suddenly they're calling it candy. I'm like, no, you can't. Don't call it candy. It's sweets. <laughs> but it's not their fault. They just get influenced by whatever they watch, don't they? So culture has a tendency to come together to homogenize and so yeah. language is is a huge part of that that tying that yeah, into golf definitely. how are you seeing golf change in the uk as a result of all of the popularization in the us and sort of change of culture over here i mean golf in the last two years has seen its, its biggest growth since 1997 when tiger hit the scenes so there used to be 63 million golfers in the world and that's actually gone up to 65 million golfers now, which is a huge jump in, in like an 18-month time frame. And the only thing that you could connect it with is the global pandemic. I mean, who would have thought that something so horrendous that happened to all of us ended up being such a positive for golf? So many people got into it because it was a sport, as you guys know, it's a sport that Certainly over here in the UK, we, we got stopped from doing a lot of things. Our lockdown was really strict. But as soon as we started to come out of lockdown, golf was one of the first sports that you could participate in. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do team sports. You couldn't go to the gym. You couldn't do other activities. So I do see that a huge amount of other sports people or other people who had different hobbies either turned back into golf because mm-hmm. they used to play at a younger age or thought, you know what, I fancy trying golf for the first time. So there's been a huge spike in golf participation levels, mm-hmm. uh, which I, obviously I'm, I'm really, really happy to see. What I'm hearing from you is echoed here in the attitudes of golf in the States. Like all types of folks are getting into golf now or folks who used to play when they were kids with their dads or their uncles or whoever, and they're coming back to the sport. Um yeah. And here, um, a lot of the messaging is around diversity, inclusion, getting different voices in the game to weigh in on, on, you know, how the game is governed and 
and who is accepted and different looks and different types and things like that. Are you seeing that happening in the UK as well? Yeah. Yeah. So much. We're really starting to see that the, the trend going in the right direction um, as, as it should be. We, you know, I can go to a local golf course now and you do see such a variety of different ethnicities and backgrounds and cultures all now calling golf their, their home and their sport. And it's, it's amazing to see, um, you know, even, even just a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, I was at the golf course that I kind of play at and the, the Muslim golf society had had a massive golf day on. And they, and they invited me to come down and, and kind of meet, you know, a, a load of new golfers, new, a load of new Muslims that's got into golf. And I honestly think 15, 20 years ago, there probably wouldn't have been many golf courses that maybe accepted mm. a golf society like that. Incorrectly, obviously. But now they're telling me that they've got, they've got several events around the country this year and they're doing this and they're doing that. And, and I was saying to them, you know, it, has there been any kind of, backlash has there been any negativity and they were saying no like we're not we're not seeing any we're not seeing anything um which obviously is correct and golf golf is changing i mean i've been to i've been to quite a number of golf in sporting events sorry golf events this year so i've been to a few ladies uh like tour events and like the open and things like that and again the audience that are going to these events are very very different to 20 years ago you know, um, it, it's not middle-aged white people anymore. It's a, it is a real mixture of young, old, um, you know, different races, different backgrounds, um, all again, that link being connected to golf. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It like, it's all, you're all there to enjoy golf. And that's, what's really exciting now. And I, you know, I see a lot of fans coming over to me and kind of, and again, I can't categorize them because it's such a variety of different, yeah. uh, different people. And it's great. It's wonderful. And, you know, you hear all the different stories. How did you get into golf? Well, I got into golf 10 years ago and I stopped playing and now I'm back into it. Or I've just started golf up again because I, I, I now think golf is cool and it's a more yeah. accepting sport. It's not there yet. We know it's not hundred percent there at all, but it's definitely going in the right, that right direction from what I'm seeing. Even the things like the fashion, the styling out on the golf course, it's so different to when I first started playing golf. You know, it has become more acceptable to, to be unique and a bit, be a bit more um, out there with your clothing choice. I mean, Bradford, you do a great job of that. You, you don't, you don't, <laughs> you certainly don't uh, abide by what, what would be seen as tradition clothing anymore. Right. And, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It should be whatever you want to wear. I, I've got a real issue with, with, um, kind of dress codes and stuff i do think they should be more relaxed and then let let the golfers decide what they want to wear you know i probably would still wear quite similar golf clothing to a certain degree um but it should never put anybody off playing the game just because they've not got the right trousers on or the right shorts or the right socks or the right headwear or you know whatever whatever it may be so right and again i, I am seeing a shift in golf courses understanding that because mm-hmm. a number of years ago they could be quite precious and could be quite selective well now they can't they have to be open door more because you know people aren't joining golf courses as much as they were back in the day mm-hmm. exactly it just hurts their business to not be accepting of everyone right exactly um, 
And we've we've talked a lot about on this show about the difference between honoring and respecting where tradition comes from with balancing the fact that you should be able to wear whatever you want to wear, at least in most circumstances. We've had people come on and say, like, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if Marion, for instance, kept its dress code because that's what you expect going into a place like that. Yeah. But for your every every day sort of bad about municipal golf course there should never be a dress code there because you're like massively limiting who you're letting in through those doors. Yeah, exactly. There are always going to be places, um, rightly or wrongly, that really, really do want to uphold mm-hmm. their level of, of apparel, clothing, dress code, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. That's, you know, it's down to them whether you like it or not. But like you're dead right, there should be more places at that entry level that should be so much more right. open-doored. Um, which I honestly do, I, I think we see that quite well in the UK. I do. I, I think there's yeah. there's a good enough mixture. Again, it's not perfect, but um, I can always I can always kind of tell you from what I see. You know, how many? I'll a lot of times now. Certainly now, I'm getting my kids into golf, and there'll be certain places I'm not worried about what they're wearing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I dress them smart and practical, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but but most of the time, it's it's. I've never had someone say, oh, you, they can't wear that. They can't do this because you kind of know your audience. Yeah. Would I particularly go and pitch up at, um, you know, one of the Royal golf courses that are, you know, <laughs> super, super prestigious? Possibly not, but that's okay. That, that's where I know my kind of level, really. If I'm taking the kids, for example. You're right. not pulling up to Royal St. George's in a in a dog T-shirt like I would. <laughs> no, but did you? I don't. I don't know if you saw any clips. Did you see the greenkeeper from Royal St. George's? Oh my god! No. Yeah, he was so cool. Very cool. Chris Colick spent a good amount of time with him right after the Open and played around with him. And yeah, he was just a total character. He, he looked like a rock star. Talking about how golf was affected by the pandemic, like in a positive way, but. You're someone who is a full-time golf content creator. I can only surmise from my limited scope of the things that I do, but as a full-time creator, when the pandemic hit, that had to have been a, a scary time. Like, will I be able to golf? Will I be able to go create content? Will I be able to keep my foot on the gas of this Rick Shields uh global monster yeah content <laughs> monster you know steam what, engine what were the what were the thoughts going into uh 2020 around you know february march when you got the news there's been a couple of times in my life that i have not known how i was going to react until it something like this happened and the old saying kind of fight or flight quite a number of years ago the driving range I was I was quite popular as a golf coach at back in like two thousand and maybe eleven. Out of nowhere, closed down. Basically, the, the owners had a falling out, and it was going to close down. We got told, "Don't come back in tomorrow. The place is shut." Okay. And at this time, I had no kids. I had a, I had a wedding in the pipeline, and I was like, "Oh crap! This is this is serious." And I always remember my reaction to that. So it was, there was four golf coaches at the time there. And we all reacted very differently. Hmm. And I remember for myself, I very much almost kind of the dog in me came out in this kind of like, okay, I'm not accepting I don't work. I'm not accepting. I'm not just going to roll over and let Hmm. this kind of affect me. 
So that very next day, uh, I got up early, I printed off a load of um, CVs, job descriptions, etc. you know, and, and literally for two or three days, drove around to every golf course, every driving range in, in the vicinity in, in where I lived. And after about three days, I've been offered five different jobs. And I always remember thinking, that's it really, because I thought all four of us would be doing the same. As four self-employed golf coach, I thought all four of us would be doing the same. By the end of the week, I found out that that wasn't the case. I was actually the only person that was doing that. I was the only person that was was hungry or, or driven enough or desperate, let's say, enough to, to do this. And it really put me in a great great position because I had all these jobs lined up so I could take my pick. Long story short, the driving range that closed down a week later ended up opening back up again and I moved back in and everything else. But that week of unexpected um, circumstances really showed me a lot about my character. Mm-hmm. And I, the reason why I tell that story, because it's quite interesting in in probably about January time, late January last year, one of my one of my editors kind of said to me, we really need to we really need to take in kind of this coronavirus quite seriously. Like we really need to be thinking about this. And I'm like, do we? I'm like, mm-hmm. nah, <laughs> whatever. It's not going to be a big deal. <laughs> um, he said, no, honestly, I'd really appreciate it if we could if we could bank loads of content. Mm-hmm. Let, let's just let's just go nuts because worst case happens, we've got a load of content in the can. Mm-hmm. So through February, February, we really, really put the foot down and, and probably filmed three to four times more than we would do normally. Okay, we really just put our foot down and went, right, let's film. So this was this was February last year. And um, and obviously then it kind of, as we saw it, the virus progress and everything else, and certainly here in the, in the UK, lockdown, I think hit maybe the start of March. So I was like, Oh crap! This is this is now this is serious. Like mm-hmm. he, he he was right. My editor was right to bank. Mm-hmm. So we were quite fortunate because I had I had uh, two editors at that. I had four members of staff at that time, and obviously I've got to keep everyone busy. I've got to keep everyone in a job. I've got to keep, as you said, the kind of the monster rolling. So it was nice that we had all this content in the bank because we could start trickle feeding that out. But honestly, I'm, I think I'm sure it was the 8th of March when lockdown, I put it in my diary, let me check. I'm sure it was the 8th of March last year when when literally for us in the UK, the world the world shut down. Whatever night it was, I remember really sitting down and going, God, this reminds me of that time when I lost my job. Right. This really reminds me of the time where I've got I've got to react to this. I can't be passive. I can't. This is not a time to put my feet up and relax. This is the time to get my head down and work. I have to work through this. And my my natural way of working through it is is putting in more effort and more time and and putting all of my energy behind something like that. So my instant gut reaction is I need to build something. I need to build a space at home where I can film so I can still make videos. It's quite mm-hmm. fortunate that I had, a, I had a garage space that had the potential of turning into a golf simulator. So that night I emailed four or five different companies about how I can set up a simulator in my house. And I think either that night or the very next morning, I got a phone call from a company saying, yeah, we can help you. So I was like, great. So literally the next three or four days from, from super early in the morning to late at night, I, I'd work my socks off 
to clear out my garage, to make space, to to put in. I, I built single handedly a, a simulator that three people normally build, <laughs> and I'm not a strong person, but I was. I had to do it. It it, it wasn't right. about can I? It, I have to build it. Like yeah. that, that's what it is. So I built the simulator in my garage. I was I was very very resourceful. I thought fast on my feet, and in about five or six days, I built the simulator. So what was really nice, I had all this content in the can that I'd already filmed. I've now got a space at home that I can film, and I'm I'm quite good. I know how to use all my cameras. I know how to like I don't do a lot of that work myself anymore, but I do know how to operate everything. Mm-hmm. And luckily for me, in situations like this, it was it was useful because I needed to do it all myself, set up all my cameras. So then it, it was quite nice because it meant we could we could um, feed in content that we already had in the bank with new content, mm. but without making it look stale. So, so it, that right. got us almost all the way till kind of like June time, to be honest, wow. uh, where things started to open up again. And, and um, you know, what was really interesting for me, 44% of my audience is from America. So even though us in the UK were not playing golf. I don't mm-hmm. think golf courses really shut in a lot of America, did it? Not right. really for, for a really short time, but not, not much at all. So I very much again had that mindset that yes, okay, we're not playing right now, but a lot of my audience is still playing golf. We have right. to still be making content as much as it seems stupid right now for me to be doing a coaching video when, when in my life, in my bubble, the world is a closed place I have to think differently and go, well, no, there's still golfers in America, Canada, Australia, some of my biggest countries that watch my channel. I have to be making content that, that for them. So long story short, I kind of, that going back to that fight or flight, I, 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 I put my gloves on and, and, you know, fought like a bear because it, it's important for me and I, and I enjoy it. I enjoy that, that kind of mm. situation where it's like, mm. I've got a task, I have to complete it. Um, and like I say, it was quite interesting. In a few days, I was watching a lot of other content creators uh, after that and going, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody's done this. Nobody's thought like this. Nobody's, nobody's gone out, gone that extra mile or done something that they've needed to do. And, it, and again, it probably just, I thought everyone else was doing it. Mm. In my head, it was a logical thing to do. I just presumed everyone was going to be doing it. Right. But I turn around and go, literally nobody's doing it. Uh, why why has no one done this but it was yeah. like i say it, it, it was a scary time but uh lucky for me I'm, i kind of uh i managed to set up a space and still managed to film yeah well it sounds like you didn't or at least the way that you relay that story it sounds like the fear just turned into calories turned <laughs> into energy to to build and move forward not to mention, yeah. i mean like stakes way higher right. than than when you lost the driving range gig that wedding happened you have three kids you have four people under your employment um what was the what was the chatter like with those folks about we're pressing on because because you're not a lone wolf anymore right like you you no. do have people depending on you but also i imagine having people collaborate very actively with you so what is what is the like interchange there between all parties i, I think Again, because we're so passionate about it, mm. and I'd like to think I've set up a, a very nice working environment where it's 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 relaxed, it's energetic, it's a nice place to come and work. I've got nice studios. 
if the lads ever want like a new faster MacBook, we, we invest and we get better equipment. Mm. Um, I feel like they're very much part of the, the, the driving force. And because of that, again, would I have had the insight to have made as much content back in January? Probably not. Mm-hmm. It was one of my editors that said, we really need to think about this because they're thinking about their future. They don't want to get, right. you know, I'd like to think they enjoy the job and they don't want to lose the job and they don't want to sit. They don't want me to, to make, I mean, we didn't know at the time things like furlough and stuff like that was going to come in. We mm-hmm. just presumed if you can't work, you, unfortunately, you don't you don't make any money. Right. Like that, yeah. That's what we thought back in, you know, then. So I think everyone was protecting not only their own position in the business, but also protecting the brand. Like if the brand dies, everyone loses the job. So mm-hmm. that's quite nice that everyone kind of stayed fairly upbeat. You know, it was, it was obviously challenging, but mm-hmm. we communicated on, on Zoom. We contacted each other on the phone all the time. We, we were always trying to think about how we can continue to make content and what type of content works, et cetera. So as a collaborative effort, it really worked. Um, and then, like I said, I've got a lot of really good friends in the industry. Mm-hmm. So bouncing ideas off them, like talking to my friends over in America and go like saying to them, are people still playing golf? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, a lot. And they're going, yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, <laughs> More we, than ever, actually. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we keep we keep making content. We keep we keep yeah. coming out there, you know. So, um, and it, it was working with, with brands about maybe picking up piece of equipment that we thought might be quite interesting to review or buying stuff off Amazon or eBay or just using all the resources that we could to, mm-hmm. to carry on making content. When I look back at it now, it wasn't our finest work, but we had to do, we had to make something and that was the best we could do at the time. Yeah. And, and I mean, not to mention you're right, like 40%, 44% of your audience, you said in the U S but you still know that there's, I don't know, some guy in like, Barnsley who's like right in his living room like all right right like okay left hand has to come here like still <laughs> it, still working on things that should be done outside but was just you know a junkie right so you you have to keep going for them first off of all the places in the UK how did how did you come up with Barnsley I don't know that's just it just came to my head but I mean those people exist right and so you're you're there to as a, as a light, as as somebody who can add a shed of normalcy to somebody's day, regardless of what's happening for them at work. Um, Correct. And I must admit, you, t- you obviously the, the, this podcast is called Group Golf Therapy. The amount of messages, mm. emails that from people I got that that were saying things like that, that honestly, I, I, there's not much to look forward to. I can't wait when you upload. Like I'll literally watch it two or three times because it feels like normality. Hmm. Or I'm even I'm even going back watching all of your old catalogue just to remember what what was it like to play golf. Like I'm going back to videos from like three years ago where you got playing golf and and you're interacting with people and you're shaking people's hands and it's like that world feels like it's forgotten about. But what's quite nice is I'm turning to your page to your channel. And reminding myself or getting that fix, that that was really nice. You know, something again I probably hadn't expected to, to see, but it was nice in the fact that you know a lot of people were struggling with mental health. A lot of people were were going through bad times and losing jobs, and you know, getting COVID and and you know having a really difficult time. And I just you know in my head I'm just making golf content that I hope people enjoy, 
probably underestimating how much value it added to people, how it, how important it was for some people, you know. And it's only in hindsight that I look back at that and go, yeah, I, I, I didn't think I was doing that. It's not why I was doing it. But it, it, it's um, to a lot of people, it's their it's their entertainment it's what they enjoy doing it's their not only their hobby it's their social interaction um it's everything to them and and to the point where february this year when we were actually still in a weird another lockdown i think the second or third lockdown that we had um i wanted to do something i want i I don't i've used my channel several times for awareness or raising money or being able to do something good and give back but um in february for my own sanity and also for other people's sanity, I wanted to do something that got people talking. So um, I did a, a, I mean, it doesn't sound like stupidly ambitious and it wasn't, but for every day in the month of February, I had my golf clubs on my back and I walked six miles. So around the golf, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just around my local streets as part of my daily exercise, but with my golf clubs on my back. So people would chat to me. And when I was out there, you know, dog walkers would be like, why have you got your clubs? And suddenly I was I was talking to people who my neighbours who maybe I don't normally speak to. I don't right. mean my immediate neighbours, but people in my neighbourhood. Mm. I'm now speaking to them and I'm saying, Oh, actually, I'm a I'm a golfer, I make videos on YouTube, I'm trying to wait, raise awareness for mental health. And they're like, Wow, that's amazing. I'm like, you know, and I'm saying to have you had a nice day? And they're going, eh, it's been better, or and i and i I might just chat to mm-hmm. a random old a, a random old man or a random old lady for five minutes and that mm-hmm. And you forget that might have been their only interaction all day. Yeah. Like, so I was doing that from a personal level, but on a, on a more widespread level, I was doing it to raise money for a charity called Mind, which is a mental health charity. And we actually ended up raising as part of the community, the people who watch me on YouTube, we managed to raise 44,000 pounds. So that's a lot like probably knocking on the door of $60,000. 60, yeah. Um, and that was, really important because that money went to people who were, who were struggling with mental health and struggling with with problems of life um but also it was the fact that i was getting my my audience members to talk and i was saying in the videos like pick up the phone today ring up your playing ring up the guys you normally play golf with mm-hmm. and, and just have a chat ask them how they're doing like ask mm-hmm. them if they're having a good day or talk about talk about that the, your favorite round you've ever had and and I think it's right now more than ever, certainly that in February this year and through lockdown, it was it was really important for people to get people talking. So that was really nice. It really kind of opened my eyes to the to the 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 power that the kind of channel also has in the community. Mm-hmm. And uh kind of one uh, to be honest, out of all the things I've done, that's one of my proudest ever things I've I've managed to achieve as a community. Uh, and like I say, it wasn't it wasn't ridiculously strenuous for me. But it was nice that it was something that my fans kind of really got behind and, um, you know, hoping to do more things like that in the future. Yeah. And and talk about fans. I mean, when we got a little overambitious about our, our call time today. Um, <laughs> so you were in the middle of an Instagram live where you were promoting a video that you were about to publish. Is that and when you thought we were going live? Maybe, maybe not. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that. We'll leave that. To, you were, you were promoting a video that you were about to publish on YouTube, on your channel. Yeah. I just pulled up that video. It has 25,000 views in 40 the minutes. The YouTube video. The YouTube video that you just uploaded. Yeah. He, hearing that back and then pair that with 
your revelation this year about, you know, the messages that you've received from your audience and all the meaning that you have created for people. How does that make you feel? Sometimes, you know what, because it didn't, it didn't just happen. Like it didn't just go from zero to sure. 2 million followers. Well, well, it did, but over a, over a massive long period of time, you know, this has been, mm-hmm. this has been eight years of making videos. So when I first started, I remember releasing videos that only getting 10 views mm-hmm. and then I'd release another one and it'd get 50 views and then it'd get a hundred views or, you know, I remember the first time I my first video hit a thousand views, and I thought, "Oh my god, a thousand people! Thousand people watch my video." And you, you know, start wearing hoodies in public. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I didn't sign up for this fave. Um, and then you know, and then you know, videos would get ten thousand or whatever it may be, and like a hundred thousand, and so it, it's more than anything it's just it's because it's been very gradual you know I, I can't um i can't relate to some of these let's say tiktok stars where the first video will get 100 million views but i couldn't relate to that one because 100 million views is so is so huge anyway but also they they are literally going from zero to whoosh, like yeah. as quick as i mean, I kind of worry for some of these kids, to be honest with you, because it's a it's a huge leap in 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 expectation level from fans, ex- audience, etc. Where because I did it a little bit older, I think when I started, I was probably twenty seven or 20, 26. I was a little bit older, maybe a little bit wiser, and, and it happened so gradual that it that I never really had that moment where I've gone, oh crap, like hundred thousand people have watched this video in four hours or whatever it may be like it doesn't it doesn't i don't understand it like sometimes i've been to some big football matches this year or soccer that you guys call it and i went to to the euro semi-final at wembley and i think there was eighty two thousand people in the stadium and you look around and you go oh my god that is a lot of people like i'm looking i'm looking i'm looking and i'm looking around and i'm looking up and i'm looking down and i'm thinking this is eight, 82,000 people. Like, this is a lot of Like, this is big. Yeah. Like, this right. is huge. Right. What was mad, this was July this year. I then looked at my YouTube analytics um, as I was probably there at the day. And in the last 28 days, my channel had grown by 85,000 subscribers. And I'm like... A Wembley in a, and then some. In one a month. <laughs> in one month. Every one of these, every single person here has effectively subscribed to my YouTube channel. And it's only then when you see it in person, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, wow. The gravity okay. of that sets that's in. A yeah. lot, that's a lot of people. You know, like you said there, like the vi- like that video that I've just released today will probably get 100,000 views in maybe five hours. But it's like, I can't, that, that's just a number on a on an app. Mm-hmm. If if actually a hundred thousand people were there in front of it, and a hundred thousand, if I knew, if if I always think this is a mad thought. Let's say I was at Wembley in the half time. They say, right guys, we're going to put a video on. Uh, everyone, can you walk, can you look at the screen? We're going to put a Rick Shields video on. <laughs> I'd be like, that, that, that right. Would be like, <laughs> like, right. I'd be I'd be hiding out there because it's only when you see it's only when you see into people's eyes and you see people's reactions does it become real where on youtube and behind 
a screen is mm-hmm. not real. Numbers don't mm-hmm. feel real. Mm-hmm. So I did a, we, we've just, on, on my podcast that I do, we've just hit 100 uh, episodes and uh, we did a live show in a theatre just near us in Manchester. And uh, we, we sold out 470 seats in about two days. And they said it's the fastest ever selling out show. And I was like, really? And they were and they were saying, how many have you done? I said, this is my first show. <laughs> Never done a show before. <laughs> so they were quite shocked with that. And again, what's mad, that's not a lot of people. 470 people isn't sure. a lot of people. Sure. But put them in one room mm. and they're all watching you live. It's a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but I, I have 450 people watch every minute on, on my latest video. Those those numbers don't they don't connect. They right. can't connect. Right. You you don't see them. And apart from doing an Instagram live, you're you're performing to an audience of no one. Right. Your your but, your video will be you're detached from the video before it even yeah. gets released. But, but even Instagram live, like the what I think the one I did before, I think it topped out like thirteen hundred people watching live. I, I don't. That doesn't feel the same as. Mm. 20 people watching it in person. Oh, there's a human like, energy that is very oh, yeah. tangible. Very, very yeah. tangible. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, all on screen, when it's a number on a screen, it's very, very different to, to a real-life number. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's nice now, again, the world's opening up a bit more, and I can do these live shows, and I can get out and see a few more people that I'm starting to remember. Oh, they're... They're actually really pe- real people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like when I went to the Open, I've been to the Open quite a number of times over the last few years, apart from obviously 2020 when it wasn't on. And each year, I get stopped a little bit more. Each year, <laughs> I take a few. I take a few more selfies. Each year, it's harder to walk from from the toilets to the to the burger van. Like, but that because again, it's gradual. But if that if that if you dropped Rick from eight years ago into that setting in mm. 2021, I would have freaked out. Like, mm, yeah. But because it, it's happened so slowly, it doesn't, it feels kind of somewhat normal. It's really nice. I also recognize, sorry, really quickly. I also Thank recognize you. that I, I, um, I was wowed by the 25,000 views on your video in 40 minutes. And I recognize that to you, that, that could not be that great. You, you're just like, oh, 25,000. Is, is that it? Is that, is that it? Is it only 25? Yeah. Thank, thanks for breaking the bad news to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, might, I, might, I might delete that video. It's yeah. obviously not doing well. <laughs> not worth it. Well, Rick, you know, you, you go to the open, you go to these different events, and folks are stopping you and um, from watching you over the years and talking to you now like you you give off this very genuine warm like kind of sweet friendly energy and i wonder like how you carry that into a situation where hey rick can we get a selfie hey rick can we get a selfie? you know like if, if it's it's coming at you you know you're there to enjoy the event you're there to yeah. watch these golfers and folks are coming up to you you know how do you navigate that situation? What are the conversations that you have with fans, young, old, in between? You know, like, how do you, how do you go through all that? I I enjoy it. I kind of mm-hmm. I like it. You know, um, because most of the time, certainly the, the fans that are coming up and stopping me and want a picture or want a quick chat, they, they're normally pretty nice. And we've got mm-hmm. 
we've got something common. We can always chat about golf, you know. Um, I think it'd be harder if I was kind of internet famous in a different category. Let's say I was, let's say I was internet famous for a singer. Mm. Well, that's quite hard because a lot of people you, you may be coming up to you and chatting to you, it, you've actually probably not got a lot, a great deal in common. Maybe, mm, Do you know, sure. where it doesn't matter if it's a, a young seven-year-old kid that comes and stops me for a selfie or it's a, a 85-year-old 80, previous lady captain from a, from a golf club, a really posh golf club. I can, I can always chat golf. Mm. So it's, you know, it's like if a little seven-year-old comes up and I'll go, hey, who are you looking forward to going seeing today? Who, who Have you managed to get any signed golf balls? Are you, you know, are you excited about seeing Ricky Fowler or Justin Rose or random names? But um, where, let's say, the 85-year-old woman can probably have somewhat similar conversation. Like, who, right. you, who are you excited to see? Who, who, which, which, which is your favorite hole on the golf course, or hmm. you know, um, have you played here before, or you know what? So I always think there's a there's there's a nice there's always something to talk about, right? Um, so that makes things a lot easier, and and genuinely, people are people are just nice. Like people are quite nice when they come up to us. Um, you know, I would de- I've definitely seen a difference between fans in England and fans in America. Sure. I feel like maybe you won't offend us. Who, I promise. Who come, and, <laughs> who come and see me are are quite conscious of my time, and are quite conscious of who I'm with. And typically, if let's say they come to want a picture with me, they'll kind of almost apologise to the people I'm stood with. Mm-hmm. So they'll go, "Oh, hi, Rick, can I get a picture?" And they'll go, "Oh, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry if you were mid conversation. I just want a quick picture. I'd have a quick picture." And they'll kind of wander off and they'll thank me and they'll be nice times i've had it in america um americans are quite uh <laughs> uh excitable get get their elbows <laughs> out yeah yeah <clears throat> uh you can say drunk like, too yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. like, I, and to be honest i've not been to america for the last couple of years so i think it'll be quite different again next time i'm actually going to vegas in january which i'm excited about Oof. Ooh, but nice. you know it you know america like they'll shout from a hundred yards away. Like, Oi. hey, hey, Ricky. <laughs> hey, Ricky, come on over here. Come and get a picture. Like, you know, and, and I, there were, there were mo- how are you doing, man? And give me a high five and a big hug and take a picture. Oh, no, that, that picture was terrible. Let me take another one. And, you know, I'm, I'm quite, quite And everyone it. else that you're with at that moment is a ghost to them, right? No apologies. <laughs> yeah, right, no. Yeah. So I'm probably I'm probably stereotyping here a little bit, and I apologize sure. if I am. But that that's the kind of vibe I've got so far. Um, so, but again, because that's not for me, it's it's very rare. It's not. I I enjoy it as well. I think yeah. if it was at that level all the time, mm-hmm. that would be quite a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the only other time I find it a little, if I'm in a golf setting, I absolutely expect it. Like re- like. Right, you're without walking into arrogant. that environment. Yeah, without sounding yeah. arrogant, I like I'm expecting it. I'm expecting golfers to come up and chat to me, and that's absolutely fine. And, and I'm very, very open and welcoming to it. I think there's been a couple of occasions, and very, very rare again, where let's say I'm out with my family, and again, if they're if sometimes maybe a little bit rude or it's not the right time and place, mm. but again, it, it's not. 
I don't blame them. You know, they're just excited because they, they watch my videos every day. And they can't yeah. believe they watch this. They see me in a in a restaurant with my family, um. But a lot, and again, a lot of people though. These are the only people that come and say hello to me when I'm out with my family. The amount of times I've been on a day trip at the weekend, and I get back on my phone, and I've had I've had ten or fifteen uh, Twitter messages going, "Oh, I saw you today at the park, but you're with your kids. I didn't want to disturb you. It was great seeing you." Or an Instagram DM going, "Oh, Rick, uh, I wanted to come and say hello today, but I could see you were busy." Uh, thanks for making all the great videos. Mm. So probably a lot more people out in public when I'm with my family maybe don't approach me, but I don't mm. know about it. I, I don't. I didn't. I don't realize. You know. So um, it, it's part. It's part of it, Brad. The one. The one thing I don't like is when people say, "Oh, you signed up for this. You signed." I, I, yeah. I didn't massively sign. I know yeah. it comes with the territory. It comes with the territory of making videos or be put yourself out there. But that also sometimes links to negative comments. People go, oh yeah, well you put yourself out there. You deserve negative comments or you mm-hmm. expect I'm like, mm, False. Not, not really. You know, I didn't I didn't I didn't put myself on stage to say throw tomatoes at me please. Like right. that's not right. Do you know what I mean? That's not what I'm doing. So um that's and the those are exactly I, the comments that are circulating around athletes and their mental health as well right i mean you have folks like matthew wolf coming out and saying like yeah like i'm not great every day and and that should be okay and you know sometimes i need to take a week off and blah blah blah, blah, blah. saying everything that he is fully entitled to say as an as a professional athlete and as a human being and that's met with comments like you know boo-hoo you're you're a professional athlete he's paid millions of dollars to do what they love I don't take a day off of my work. Um, but there is that, there's that. I mean, who, who was the um, American gymnast? Is it Simone Biles? Simone Biles, yep. yep. Like she came out and, and you know. What she got absolutely oh. hammered Roasted. In, yeah. in comment yeah. sections and news articles and, and folks. Yeah. Th- anytime someone who has a little bit of a public platform has a human moment mm-hmm. it is it's it's frowned upon yeah um yeah yeah all we all audience are always asking for is more more hu- human aspects you know right, right. you know they, they want the human side but then when they sometimes see it they don't they don't like it or they don't want it or they don't want to hear it or they can't relate to it right um and they can't really have it both ways you can't want to have more of that person's personality come across because if you want that, guess what? You're going to get the good personality sometimes, and you're also going to get the bad side of it. Right. You can't have, you can't just have the ups. You're going to have sometimes. You're going to have to look, you know, witness the downs, and that's part. That's what makes us human. Hey, y'all. This is Brad and Connor, Andrew. We wanted to take a quick second and thank you for listening. It truly means a lot to us, and we want you to know that you're loved and you're welcomed here. And if you ever need a listening ear to vent, or just to talk to somebody who cares. We want to remind you that group golf therapy is a safe space. Our DMs are always open at group golf therapy on Instagram. Hit them straight and mind your golf. I've recently spoken about this just, you know, cause I'm getting to a point where content creation is taking a lot of my bandwidth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, I, 
do too much <laughs> and and I need to to reset I need to shut down I need to pull away a little bit um what does that look like for you you know you're you do have your foot on the gas with content creation you got doing live events now you're doing review videos you've got your kids you've got a, a life outside of what you have going on on the internet um yeah and and but those things weigh on a person just as a, as a human you know um what are those days like for you when you need to to pull back and you need to distance yourself from your content creation, your audience? Yeah, I, I must admit, I've only probably realized I need a bit of me time recently. Hmm. Because, again, I've always been, it's about the process. Like, I've got to... It's not about do I want to. Sometimes it's I've got to. I've got to make videos. And to be honest, I am quite lucky. I love making videos. I love making the podcast. I love the whole process. Like I love the coming up with the video ideas, chatting to my team about how it's gonna look, how it's gonna look on on before we even go to a shoot. I love shoot days, you know, because I'm the boss, quote unquote. If I if I want a quick ten minute break, I'll have a ten minute break. Like nobody's nobody's pushing me to do it. I'm pushing myself to do it. So sometimes, like if I, I think if I worked for somebody else, let's say I was an actor on a film, and it was like, no, you've got to do, you got to do, you got to do. Like I think that would really drain me. But because I'm quite flexible in the fact that I can say, let's just, give me, let me have it twenty minutes. Let me just grab a quick coffee. Let me just get my head right. Let me let me understand the video that I'm trying to shoot that probably gives me these little windows of opportunity to have a bit of me time without really realizing mm -hmm. I'm almost self protecting myself without even knowing it. Right. But I must admit probably this year more than ever, I've started to realize that I probably do need to give myself just that little bit more release time, that mm -hmm. little bit more time to get away from not only work, but also sometimes the family, you know, and, and I love my family, obviously everyone, you know, right. loves their own family. But sometimes, you know, it, it's nice to have a have a me day. So, so I've been I've been doing two things at the moment. One of them's a bit stupid, but I'm enjoying it. So, have you, have you ever heard of the Five AM Club? No, I haven't. So it's it's a it's a book, a, a theory by Robin Sharma, I believe he's called. He's like a life coach, psychologist type guy, and he he basically advocates getting up at five o'clock and. That's probably what you time you like guys we got did this today, morning. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't gonna say. <laughs> now, apparently, the first hour of your day is like I, I'm not particularly super religious. I'm not super like soul search and things like that. But apparently, it's like your holy hour, and it, it's where if you if you start your day correctly, it could re it really sets you up for a much better day. So for the first hour, you're supposed to do three things. You're supposed to split it up into three 20-minute sections. You're supposed to t sweat for 20 minutes. You're supposed to reflect for 20 minutes, and you're supposed to learn for 20 minutes. Now, at the moment, I'm very, very early in this process. I've been doing it about two, maybe two and a half weeks. But I tell you what, it's really helping me. Like, mm. nobody's awake. I don't pick mm -hmm. up, I literally don't pick up my phone. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't pick it up. I have I have an alarm clock. I put it out of reach of my bed. And when it goes off, I get up, I get out of bed. It's hard. It's horrible. I hate it. <laughs> but I get out of bed. 
Like, I really do hate it. In that first minute, I'm like, why am I doing this? But if I can get over that first minute, it all gets better. So I've been going out for like really early runs or I've been working out at home in the morning when the, the kids are asleep, my wife's asleep, my phone's not being bombarded with messages or phone calls. Nobody's awake. And, I, and I'm not letting social media get into my brain for the first hour. I, I'm, mm. I'm trying to stay cleaner. So, you know, and then I'll come back home and, and I've not got the reflection bit right just yet. But apparently this bit, you're supposed to write affirmations. You're supposed to write, I am strong. I am this. I am that. You know, I've, I've not got that down yet. Whether I, whether I do or don't, I'm not quite sure. But in that, in that 20 minutes, I've just been planning out my day. What does my day look like today? Like, what do I want to get out of today? What's my, what are my goals for today? Like, is it work related, family related, fitness related, diet related, or whatever it may be? What, what are my goals? And then the last 20 minutes, I've started reading again. And honestly, and to some people might go, what do you mean start reading again? Because a lot of people, a lot of people do read, and I feel like I read a lot on this. Right. Yeah. That's not. Yeah, it's not. Sure. Re- it's not reading, is it? Like, it's it's noise. So so I bought like some books. Even like I bought like a couple of parenting books. So I want to become like a nicer parent, a better parent, or you know things that are not golf, completely not golf, or you know motivation books or things like that. And and again, listen, I'm not. I'm not for one minute saying that this is a perfect ingredient. I'm not one minute saying I'm going to keep this up forever. But so far, two and a half weeks in, I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's hard. It's horrible. I hate it for the, like I said, that first minute. But it, it's giving me that me time that maybe I didn't realize I needed yeah. until I'm giving it to myself and going, I really need that. I really, I really needed that time. I didn't realize I did. But now I'm giving it to myself. I'm like, because now I'll be done for maybe about quarter past six, six fifteen, six thirty. I'll go upstairs, have a really nice shower, spend a bit of time. Even daft things like spending a bit of time on on me, like like having a nice like undershave or, or right. like, do you know what I mean? Like yes. you know, like you know, yeah. like putting beard oil on and moisturizer. Yes. It sounds ridiculous, but it's those things that, or making sure I pick a nice outfit for the day, or, you know, it's those things that I'm doing all this before 7 a.m. And that's when my kids start waking up and my wife starts waking up. And and already I'm in a much nicer mood. Mm -hmm. Like I'm ready for the day. I've I've had a bit of me time. I've not been in full, in full, um, I've not had social media affect me. Um, and, And I'm, then ready to start the day i've got a bit of a plan and like say not for one minute am i saying this is a perfect scenario but it's something i've been trying recently that i am really enjoying and i really hope it continues i i read it also this robin sharma says to build a habit you've got to you've got to do it for 66 days 66 days apparently so okay apparently london university did this study 66 days to build a habit good or bad like Mm. 66 days Mm. so i'm kind of trying to get to that so that's about the 20th of december i need to get to um <laughs> it's hard you got some we'll accountability be, we'll be partners for you. Here, yeah. yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> like say, it, exactly yeah but to go back to your point what do i do i don't think i did anything before brad mm. i don't honestly mate, i don't think i was doing anything for myself and it's only recently i've started to think you know i'm not in the best shape I want to get in better shape. I want to be healthier. I want to eat better. I want to plan my days better. I want to be nicer to my kids. I want to be a better parent. 
I want to be nicer to my to my wife. Not not that I'm bad, but you know, I want I want to wake up happy. I want to, you know, I, I want to feel better in myself. Mm. I, you know, um, and it has given me a clearer head, and it's it's given me that time to reflect. Um, and then the other thing, the only other thing I tried last week, and again, I really enjoyed this. We had a bit of a planning day. So on planning days, either my editors are editing. I've got three editors. They're either editing content for Facebook, YouTube, podcast, whatever it may be. And I've got a senior brand manager who we'll chat with and we'll go through a load of ideas and whatever. And we had a few videos in the pipeline, but I, I just said, you know what? I'm just going to have a day on my own. I never do that. And I mean, I never do this. Mm. And, I, and I got up early, did my five o'clock work, you know, got up at five, whatever, took the kids to school. And I just went into Manchester, so my local city, amazing city, I love it. And went in a nice coffee shop and watched the world go by for an hour or so. And I went and got my hair cut and I went and had a nice lunch and had a bit of a wander around and did a bit of shopping and got my laptop out. I took my laptop as well and maybe did, just did a bit of work in peace. And I was like, bloody hell, I really like that. <laughs> that was a oh. that was a really nice day and like i say i know not everyone can do that and people listen to this video or podcast will go well i work buddy every day of the world and, and i get it and that was still somewhat work for me i was still working kind of remotely um but but it is important to for people listening watching whatever it may be to try and give yourself that time if you can i know it's difficult with life and family and commitments and stuff mm-hmm. um, and it, it might not suit everyone some people might hate spending a full day on their own Mm -hmm. it's working out what what you like to do as an individual that that gives you that bit of me time um i think golf gives a lot of people that to be honest as well for sure or going to drive range for an hour or going for a run for an hour or doing something that you just just solely you um Mm -hmm. but yeah that that's to answer your question long long story short that's kind of where i'm at at the moment um and i think i'm very much as as i'm kind of getting closer to 40 than I am 20 now, I'm probably starting to think, yeah, I need a bit of this time. I, I, yeah. I feel like I've worked in that in that kind of um, hamster wheel for the last eight years that I can afford that bit of time to go, okay, think about yourself a bit more. Make sure that, you know, I don't want to be an unfit dad when my, when my kids start uh, sports day. Here in the, mm. like, I, I still want to be able to be an active dad to my kids and and take them to golf and take them running and swimming and cycling all those things that i love doing um and i think this is going to really help me to do that Mm. you know none of that is too surprising to me rick that you hadn't given yourself that time previously i I don't think i I don't think i wanted it i don't think i thought i needed it yeah Mm -hmm. really It, it sounds like your nature is go right like we we talked earlier about the the fight or flight tendency and your your tendency was to or your habit was to act and mm-hmm. keep moving and i identify that a lot in myself as well and and there there are often times where i don't understand i don't realize how tired i am or how drained i am more than just exhausted but yeah so i'm i'm glad to hear that you're giving yourself that time to yeah. to take care of your your body well, and your, your mind well, and your, yeah, yeah. your your whole your soul <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and I, like i say i'm not i'm not a particular person who you know again in this book it talks about meditation and and 
I'm not I'm not at that level yet, but mm-hmm. maybe maybe I might move into that. Maybe I, right. I might quite like that because um, I, I do know how beneficial it is, but I've never kind of maybe opened my eyes to it or accepted that at the moment. But um, I mean, like, do you guys meditate? Yeah, I was going to say that that 20 minutes, you know, uh, the 20 minutes you spend learning, Reflection. you're yeah. learning about yourself, too. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're learning about your own tendencies and and meditation doesn't necessarily have to be one. It's great if it is like, yeah, if sure we could reference any number of articles that, you know, show the positive benefits of meditation and um, Mm -hmm. meditation can look, can look like, you know, sitting with your legs crossed on a mat with crystals, or it could look like leaving your cell phone in your car and going and walking nine holes and just listening to the birds chirp and listening to the dew in the grass on your shorts or, or your shoes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm really happy to hear, you know, self-care has been a priority for you. Mm-hmm. Um, as I'm reflecting on my own self-care habits and practices and as someone who looks up to you and someone who watches your moves and, you know, I, I have to say this now, Connor, I'm sorry. <laughs> I very much believe in giving folks flowers when you can while they're here flowers meaning giving you your your props giving you your your just do um rick i don't know that i would be here right now if it were not for your videos i spent a large a large amount of 2020 the summer a big chunk of the summer in 2020 in los angeles um protesting because of the aftermath of what happened with George Floyd and YouTube was a safe place for me. And as golf was one of the only, you know, safe activities that we could enjoy, I would maybe get in nine holes in the morning, hit the streets in the afternoon, you know, Mm -hmm bare my soul, yelling, screaming, shouting, marching for miles and miles. And then at night, I'd pop on YouTube and just unplug and I would watch your videos. And specifically, uh, the one that sticks out to me the most is your deer golf. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, not only was it beautifully shot, but your words touched me. You're um, talking about your experience as a, as a child, as a golfer, and, yeah. and now seeing what you've created, the platform that you have, the, 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 the reach that you have, um, like you said, 44% of Americans, you know, are your audience, man, I'm, I'm a, a percentage of that. Like you, <laughs> I, I just, I need you to know, you know, you, you really, really positively affected me and the way that I view golf content creation. And, um, I, I take a, you're part, you're part of the mosaic that is made up Bradford Wilson golf. Oh, nice. That's great. Oh, thank you. So I really appreciate that, Brad. And, and good on you for standing up and what you believe in and, and walking all those miles and, and protesting correctly, obviously, you know, for, for, for what you believe in. I mean, that's amazing as well. Um, 
I, I, I remember seeing your day golf video. I was like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this? <laughs> Who's this? Uh, coming in, coming into my space, acting all cool, acting all hip. <laughs> uh, I was like, I was like, I better start wearing my hat back. <laughs> I better start, start, you know, oh, spitballing no. <laughs> spit, spit to keep up with this young blood that's coming through. I was like, Christ. I was, I was like, I feel old straight away after watching that. <laughs> oh, um, man. But, but that's good, like, what again going back to the point in in i think sometimes i'm so um integrated in what i'm doing on a daily basis that i don't have time to kind of you know fight for what i believe in and fight for 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 what i want to do i'm I'm kind of almost seeing that to come at a stage another stage in my life i'm not quite there just yet Mm. but like you're out there and you're fighting for change and you're fighting for the things that you believe in and i really admire anyone that anyone that does that because it's like Sometimes I'm I'm kind of quite focused on what I'm doing. Sometimes maybe don't kind of try and I'll try and um, influence positive change and influence you know things like the mental health campaign that I did and things like that. But to actually be out there on the streets where it's like you've got you really you know fighting for what you believe in and correctly so that takes a lot of guts and a lot of power. So, so good on you as well, Brad. It's it's amazing that you do all that. And I was following on Instagram going, bloody hell. Yeah, that is, that is, uh, that's hard work and it's strong and it must've taken a lot out of you. So I understand why you you needed that safe place when you got back. Cause I'm sure like say it would would have been a scary time kind of out there on the streets, not knowing what was going to happen. Right. And I, I got to credit you and, and Peter and, uh and carter and matt like i truly i i eat up all of that content man and i'm sure you hear oh, that great. Way, but just just know that like just just one more time man you need to hear it like you're <laughs> you're doing great work <laughs> thank you no, i appreciate it. I, I like i'm quite i'm lucky i enjoy it and i think if you, if you can find something that you enjoy doing i'd like to think then it kind of I don't have to. Well, I'm not acting. I'm not. I don't have to act right. how how I'm enjoying it and how I'm coming across. And you know, I think when it when it's natural, I've loved golf ever since I started go, playing golf when I was 11. I've loved it ever since, and I love it till the day I die. And I think being able to to get that across on video is something I've always tried to really really stick by. I, I my, like my tagline is I want to make fun and entertaining videos for golfers around the world. And if I can, if I can make a, if I can make somebody happy by watching a video, or I can entertain somebody to watch a video, or educate somebody watching a video, mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of done my job, and that, that's that's kind of what I really try and do all the time. But and I appreciate your positive words. Well, it's funny. It's funny. The the day golf video was um, shot by the owner of your hat, right, Connor? Yes, indeed. That, that indeed. was shot by Eric, and. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know how that video was going to come out because it's not, again, I'm, I'm not massively spiritual. I'm not particularly mm-hmm. somebody who, who would consider myself poetic or thoughtful or whatever it may be. So when he said to me, just, just literally write down all the things you like about golf, where it's brought you, where it's taking you, this, that, and the other. And I, and I must admit, before I started writing, I was like, 
don't know what I'm going to put here. I, I, mm-hmm. This is this is so out of my comfort level. It's unreal. Not to mention a lot of material. Yeah, <laughs> lot yeah. lot to it, unpack. <laughs> yeah, so like I'm very much out of my comfort level here. I love being on video, mm-hmm. writing and things like that. My forte. So anyway, I sat in a quiet room. I went right. Come on, let's do this. And I literally just put like dear gold, and I never stopped writing. Mm. And I never stopped writing. And, I, I, and literally, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, I'd done to – at the end of it, I was, I was taking things out. I was deleting, like, lines going, oh, no, that, that, that's not as good as I thought it was. Or, But suddenly, as soon as I wrote, like, dear golf, and I really put myself in that idea that I'm writing a letter to golf, I was like, mm-hmm. shit, this is like – this is just – this is the, the ink's just coming out of my pen. I'm not even thinking about this. And then just being able to sit there kind of with Eric at, um, I was at Rawport Rush mm-hmm. um, in the grandstands at the open and things like that. And he just said, just t- chat, just chat, we'll film, we'll put it together. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he did, I was like, and he did, and it's very, very different to my normal style of content, it really is. It's mm-hmm. much, it, I'm much more polished and quite, uh, when I say polished, you know, a- almost not as vulnerable, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, I, got, I kind of guard myself, but because I wasn't editing that video or filming it, I really had to put the trust in Eric and his team who do a great job anyway. And when it came back, I was like, oh yeah, wow, that's that's mental. That's like one of the videos I watched back and I was like, okay, let me watch it again. Let me watch it again. And this is a video of me. I n- never normally do that. Let me watch it again. I was like, yeah, I really like that. I think that's a really, a really powerful piece of content. Mm-hmm. Sure. Where do you go outside of the golf course? Uh, where where is your where's your happy place outside of golf? Um, I I, gen- I love spending time with my family. I try mm. I try and put myself in position now. I can take my kids to school every day. Um, I don't pick them up every day, but I'm there by tea time. I'm I'm normally home by five o'clock, five thirty. Um, I love I love doing the homework with them. I love reading books to them. I love putting them to bed. I love giving them a bath. So my kids my kids are you know and, and it's quite cliche. <laughs> I'm sure most parents would probably say that, certainly while they're young right now, but I really do love spending time with them. And my wife, you know, wants to put the kids down to bed. Something, again, I've been much more focused on is not using this, not picking mm-hmm. this thing up at night. You know, it is, mm-hmm. it's a dangerous device. And I've, I've just been trying to leave it out of, you know, put it in a different room and, and chat to my wife and have dinner and, you know, spend time with her and, you know, I don't know what's changed in my mantra over the last kind of few weeks slash months, but it's made me really think like, don't regret this time. Like don't look back at this time in 20 years and go, why did I spend time with my kids? Why did I spend more time with my wife? Why didn't I do the things that I could have been doing? Why was I just on freaking Twitter or Instagram? Like what's the point? It's, It's disposable stuff. And even though I live in that world, I live in social media world, that, that's my job, that's my career, that's what I've built my brand on. As a person, I do think it's important to have times away from it. So, yeah. um, and, and then even like, I've been trying to pick up some new habits recently, again, trying to get into fitness or running. But again, I'm playing badminton with a friend of mine tonight and we've done it a few weeks so far. And I, listen, I, I don't really play any other sports bar golf, but picking up a different sport and and you know, spending time with a pal of mine, just going playing badminton. I don't know if badminton's big over in the US in the US, but um, you know, just just doing something different. So yeah. um I must admit though, again, probably if you asked me this question six months ago, I honestly don't 
think I would have mm. given the same answer. Hmm. I feel like I feel like you've really caught me at a good time, and this probably this podcast, this therapy session, um, <laughs> is right. probably making me realise that I need to keep up with these habits that I've inbuilt recently because it is important, and and um, it, it, you know I love socialising. I'm very social outside of, of my career, and we'll, like we'll have friends round, we'll have nice house parties, hmm. um, and, and we'll have house parties at theirs and. You know, I, I very rarely say no to anything. I'll say yes to a lot of social events and things like that. But um, I think they're the things that kind of get me away from the from the the grind. Let's mm. say, sure. If, if you if you can call it the grind, it's not really that hard work. But um, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's it's that's kind of what I like doing. I love socialising. I love spending time with my kids. And like I said, I'm trying to get into a few more kind of habits recently that I can continue with. Yeah, I rarely play golf. <laughs> it's a we we say this all the time. It's a very common misconception that people in this field are on the golf course all the time, right? Yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah. I, and when, I can't when imagine I'm on the for, golf for course, you. Well, there's a camera filming me on a right, golf course. That's right. the only time. That's the only, and and that's only because it just takes so long. Like, imagine if I'm working all week and then on a Saturday I say to my wife, "I'm going to play for five hours of golf." She'd be like, "You played all week. <laughs> like, right, right. I, I don't need to." I've got swimming classes to go to. I've got dance classes to take the kids. You know, so it's like, right. you know, and I don't, I don't really want to play golf at the weekend. I get to play in the week enough. Right. Can you, can you earmark a, a, a time when, when that shift happened, when you stopped playing golf for pleasure and what that felt like? I've, I've been through a few periods of playing lots of golf and no golf. Mm. So, 11 to 16, that's when I played my most golf. 11 years old to 16, I played the most golf every day, all day, you know, through the summer holidays, twice around, twice a day if I needed to. From 16 to 18, I actually went to golf college. Mm -hmm. And that was a good thing, but it was also a negative for my golf because I thought I was going to be playing golf every day. At 16, I was playing golf every day. I went to golf college thinking, I'm only going to play more golf every day. Right wasn't the case i had Not to go true. to like lectures i had to go to class mm-hmm. i discovered going on nights out i discovered nightclubs and drinking way er- way earlier than i should have done certainly well well earlier than you guys in the u.s yes. start to do it anyway that's legal anyway Legally anyway yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 16 to 18 i kind of played less and then when i left college at 18 i got my first professional job i turned professional when i was 19 i played a lot then I probably played quite a lot from 19 to 21 because again I just turned professional and I wanted to make sure in my mind that I definitely wasn't good enough mm-hmm. yeah. it's a weird weird sentence I it but I wanted to make sure that there was yeah. no glimmer of hope I was going to be I, I could make it right so I gave myself a little bit of a period there to go right give it your best shot then and if your best shot's nowhere near good enough that's absolutely fine Mm-hmm. Like we're still working golf, and I, deep down I knew I wasn't going to be a tour player. I knew I wasn't good enough. And then probably from the period of twenty one till about twenty six was the period in, in my life where I played the least amount of golf, and I mean almost nothing, mm. because in, in that period of time I was building up my my coaching business as a as a self employed golf coach. From 21 to 25 or 26, that's when I absolutely um, 
pedal to the floor, I'm coaching. That's all I do. So every minute of every day, I want to be a golfer. I want to coach, and I love coaching kids, new golfers, experienced golfers, whatever it was. But that's when I found, well, if I'm playing golf in that time period, I'm not, I'm not making any money. What's the point? Mm-hmm. Unless I'm out on a playing lesson, there's literally no point. And, and this is mad. You think about how many golf clubs I have and how many golf clubs I've swapped and all sorts. I reckon I had one set of clubs in that period of 21 to 26. Mm-hmm. I, wasn't, I wasn't even bothered about golf equipment. Like it just it wasn't on my radar one bit. And then when I started YouTube, it, it when I started YouTube at probably about, I was about 26, 27, I did it to help promote myself as a golf coach. Right. And um, naturally, as I started to make more golf videos and start to branch out into different categories of making golf videos, i.e. going out on the golf course and playing golf with my friends or playing nice golf, playing different golf courses or playing nice golf courses or whatever it may be, I actually started to play golf a lot more. And then I did a series where I tried to qualify for the Open when I was about 29, 30. I played a lot of golf then. Like, that was a ridiculous... That was almost like back when I was 14, how much golf I played then. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it was still documented. It was all on video. Right. I was really, like, practicing hard. I was... I was my, my hands were bleeding and everything. Like, that was, that was the real time where I wanted to really try and put an effort in. But it was all a bit, little bit too late. You know, I, I kind of already realized I wasn't really good enough. And then probably for the last three or four years, I've just played a nice amount of golf. A nice amount of golf where I very rarely miss playing golf because Hmm. if I think the last time I played was last week, so I feel like I've already played or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I could probably see that continue for for the foreseeable. As 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 long as I've played golf three times a month, I'm I'm more than happy with that, mm-hmm. you know, because every day I get to hit golf shots in some capacity or even if I'm not playing, playing golf, I'm filming a video where I'm hitting golf shots. So I'm still getting my fix. I'm still getting right. what I need out of it without right. committing five hours out on a golf course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a journey. Do you guys play lots? I'm probably in that three to four a month right now. Yeah. Um, when mm. in between shoots, yeah, yeah. I think that's, an, I think that's a nice, damn near a nice spot to be in. Yeah, for for me, it's it's sporadic. There's sort of fits and starts where it's like eight times in two weeks because of right. shoots or something, and then it's like not at all for a month or like yeah. once in a month because I've got a PR gig or an event or something like that. Um, so yeah, it it comes and goes. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love in the future, future to definitely slot into this place where maybe I'm kind of retired. I'd, I'd, I would quite like to play golf three or four times a, a week, but just mm-hmm. like just like nine holes, my pals. Sure. We just rock up. We rock up at nine thirty, ten o'clock. Quick coffee, nine holes, bit of lunch, back home. Like mm-hmm. I can definitely see a future in that, and it's not about the score. No, it's about how fast I can play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there you go, there you go, and it's about the hang. The hang. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's about it's about. I, I always remember this really funny funny time where um, I, I was actually going out on a playing lesson, 
and been to went to a local golf course near mine and we, we were probably getting out quite early maybe at 9 30 tee off nine yeah um and there was a, there was a two ball coming out of the 18th hole i'm thinking wow those guys have got around pretty fast so as they were coming off the off the 18th hole i said to him oh how have you played today guys like just nice casual little chat how are you doing guys how have you played today mm-hmm. uh brilliant uh two hours 15 I love that. That's the metric. That's amazing. Right. wasn't wasn't about. Score. <laughs> yeah. They went. How did you? How? I said. How did you play today? Great. Two hours fifteen. That's amazing. Like, Get this though. I, I, yeah. When does this? When does this podcast kind of video theory go mm, out? Thursday two tomorrow? weeks. Okay, great. On Thursday, I'm filming a video, which is a really exciting one, with a guy who's got the record for the fastest round of golf ever. Oh, amazing. Amazing. He, he did it in so is he from Oregon? No, it is, he's a UK guy. Okay. Okay. Unless I know there's unless a, he, I live in Portland, Oregon. Competition. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 That's a tight market. Um, um, there's a guy over here as well who's uh, who competes very actively. He did it. He's done it in 32 minutes around a golf. Oh my god. And he's good. Can you imagine? Apparently, I think he's. I think he's a golf pro as well, and I think he plays really well. Right. I mean, so I'm. That's that's. 40, 40, 40 seconds a hole. If what's mad, I, if you act, when you actually break yeah. it up into the um, the simplicity of running around the golf, mm-hmm. it's it's very very doable in that time for someone who's fit and, and can run. Sure. So let, let's say let's say it's six and a half thousand yards or whatever it may be. It's it's around about six six kilometers roughly, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Like a fit runner can run six kilometers in twenty minutes, probably yeah, even less. Sure. Couldn't they really? You add into hitting golf shots in between that, obviously racks it up. But I mean, I can't wait to see it. I'm filming that on Thursday wow. with him, um, and hitting them straight as well. Right. I think, like I said, I think he's a decent golfer. He just takes three or four clubs out with him, a driver, and I, and a wedge and a putter, yeah. and he just he just goes for it. <laughs> oh my gosh I, well i can't wait to see that that's i'm gonna i'm gonna try and keep up with him for a couple of holes there you go <laughs> just play battle golf with him yeah. like, right. like Hold on. Two holes. let me play a path three with i'm you. gonna need that 10 minute break right now yeah um rick what are your, what are some of your favorite golf smells the halfway house <laughs> mm. um i mean it is a bit cliche but i do like Slightly moist morning, grass had just been cut. Mm-hmm. Like freshly cut grass is pretty special out on the golf course. Um, and and British grass hits different than the US. Th- right. It, it does. is mega. It, it is, just really does. The, the manure the manure in the UK is top class. It really is. Oh yeah, that, that's not the best smell in the world. But yeah. <laughs> um and again, probably a bit a bit cliche, but like, you know, if you play a really nice course on the on the coast and you can smell the sea mm-hmm. and you know you can smell the sand and the beach and you know the golf course and the grass and um i, I must admit a lot of these link to really early in the morning you know i don't know if it doesn't i can't think of smells post that for mm-hmm. some reason but yeah i mean yeah it's probably not a question i've ever been asked so thank you for that but yeah i think i think freshly cut grass bit of a sea breeze um some nice food smells love that um so those guys that you know two hours 15 minutes 
Sounds like you got a good laugh out of that. Uh, oh, it's great. But if you can recall the time on the golf course, you have laughed the absolute hardest. You know what I'm, I'm actually really good at, and it took me a long time. I, I really laugh at my bad shots. Good. Like, and it's, it took me a long time to do that. But now, you know why I laugh at my own shots now? Certainly if it's being recorded, I go, that's going to be a great clip for social media. Yeah, there you <laughs> like, go. There like, you and, go. You, and, you know, I think, I think things like that are great. But let me think. I'll tell you what, this is a mad one. But again, it's not on video. One time I was in Connecticut. And we were playing a golf course. And it had a huge hotel attached to it like a massive hotel, like a, like a big casino, and it was amazing. I'm sure it's called Lake of Isles. Anyway, I was there with a few friends of mine, Peter Finch being one of them, and um, we'd had a few drinks. Yeah, Lake of Isles, Connecticut, that's what it's called. It's amazing. It's Fo- Foxwoods Foxwoods casino. casino. Yeah. Yeah. Right, mad place. So we'd, we'd probably yeah. had a few drinks and whatever, this, that, and the other. So um, Pete Finch, who friend of mine and uh Piers Ward who's another YouTuber he's with me and my golf and uh, maybe Andy was with us but I can't remember him being with us I think there was the three of us we're out playing golf super late in the evening we'd all had a few drinks a busy day and there's no one out there and for some reason when Pete's in America he puts on this ridiculously southern American accent like ridiculous like stupid stupid accent yeah Texas I'm yes. not even going to do it because I'm just Very embarrassing Texas. myself. But one one night we were all out there and we were just literally riffing like three English blokes, <laughs> three professional golfers, all drunk, all pretending to be do these mad American accents. All in like, Connecticut of all places. Connecticut. <laughs> just, just, just absolutely. Like if someone would have filmed that, yeah. none of us would still have a YouTube channel. Like, <laughs> like, We'd have all, we'd have all been banned <laughs> off the internet. Oh, I mean, we were, we were swearing, we were shouting, we not what you'd normally see from us, but it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Like proper belly laughing and trying to oh. trying to hit a golf shot under those situations was, was oh. fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, it probably always circulates time with friends. You know that yeah. it just does, doesn't it? You know. Um, friends and if, if they hit a crap shot or they hit a terrible shot or something happens or you know they crash a buggy or the clubs fall over or <laughs> it's, it's just it's daft things in it really that, that yeah. crack you up but um that that one definitely sticks in my mind as being one of the times where i was proper like my, my throat my, my stomach was hurting for how much i was we were laughing mm. and that that was going back probably about 2014 15 maybe um, so a number of years ago now, but it, it was good, really good fun. Last one I'll ask is what would be on your champion's dinner menu if you had your druthers? I'd probably keep it fairly traditional. So I'll go fish and chips. Love it. Um, and and I mean, do you have any chippies out in America? You don't really, do you? No, no, not so how, really at you, all. Can you ever get a nice fish and chips or not really? You can, um, but it's not Maybe the same. Yeah, or or like a lot of pubs will do them. Um, right. Especially if you're on the coast, you you can get some good fish and chips. But I mean, Massam UK newspaper yeah, so everything I, can't, exactly. Can't beat I'd, that. that I'd love to serve Tiger and Dustin Johnson and you know 
um, John Speed. Yeah. Proper, proper chippy. Like, yeah, loads of salt, loads of vinegar in newspaper. And, like, yeah. even when you like, you, you tear it back, the chips stick to the paper and you like yeah. scoop it off. <laughs> and again, something that I don't think a lot of people, even in the UK, particularly have, but we have like this curry sauce. And it's, um, oh, that is just, like I say, I don't think it'd be to everyone's taste. I don't, but yeah, loads of curry sauce, ketchup, um, a balm cake. So like, a, I don't know what you call it in America, like a bap or whatever. Like where you get a bit, mm-hmm. where you get like on a burger, but not a seeded one. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I don't know what I'd have for the mains. Uh, oh, that's just the appetizer. That was sorry. Uh, no, sorry. That was that was the main. This could sorry, be as many courses oh, okay. as you want. No, no. Like this is your I, meal. I, no, I don't. I, I'm not. I don't know. I'd have for starters. I don't have for main for dessert. Um, like yeah, I don't know. I, I normally quite like a small starters, like like mozzarella strips or or pate mm. or we'd have like a little buffet with like pate, mm-hmm. mozzarella strips, a bit of bruschetta. Um, Garlic mushrooms, bit of a mixture for starters. Okay. Fingers only, fingers only. No <laughs> cut like You've got to get in. And then probably for dessert, I'd go like, um, I don't know if I've got a favorite. The only favorite dessert I've probably got is creme brulee, but it's quite small again. Um, so like a really big, oh, I'll tell you what, no, a, a custard, a custard tart, I think they're called. Mm. Uh, like a vanilla custard tart. Mm. But yeah, a bit random. Yeah. Fingers only again. Uh, no ha- no hands. <laughs> no. <laughs> you gotta go in with the face. You go face right. first. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that that'll be a fun night. Lots of red wine. Lots of shots ask. of shot, shots of Sambuca. Red wine. <laughs> um Jack Daniels. Um, oh, I think we know how we how you got to that uh that Texas American accent in, in Connecticut. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, lots Jack of Jack Daniels, red wine and sambuca. And sambuca. Yeah. <laughs> sambuca is my my drink. Uh, Rick, what's your Achilles heel? Your mortal wound, the as Connor likes to say, that nut you can't crack, the thing you're chasing in your life. Uh, that's a great question. Um I don't know if I've got an answer to that. Everything that I'd want to try and crack or retrieve. I know I could get there if I just worked hard at it. Hmm. So, for example, so for example, if I just take golf as a, as a one thing, I would love to be better at short game. I would love to have a better short game, but to get a better short game, you got to work hard at it. I don't think I desire it enough to work hard for it, or, or I've not got time to work hard for it currently. So, for me, there's quite a lot of things like that, like. I quite like to do that, but all I know to get there, I've got to work hard to get to that. Mm-hmm. And at the moment in time in my life, I've not got enough hours in the day, whatever, to, to dedicate to that at the moment. I'll be honest, I don't really know. I feel like a lot of the time when I try and put my mind to something, I'll not always maybe achieve it, but I'll get pretty close or I'll put it I'll put it in the almost complete folder and come back to it another time. Or um, Yeah, I'm not sure. Sorry, I don't, know, don't quite know the answer to that one. There, there is no correct answer. And I'm sure when I get off the phone call, I'm like, ah, why did I say that? But at the moment, there's no, there's no one thing at the top of my dream list. 
that there's lots and lots and lots of little things which are all achievable but I've just got to work hard to achieve them but there's no one thing that gets me I, I don't know if I can ever achieve that that just doesn't that's not maybe my mindset um and there's never anything that I've tried to accomplish and failed because I'd have just kept going and kept going and kept going that's just yeah. kind of my personality yeah well keep that question with you um because it's a it's a good one for us individually we like to come back to that and mm-hmm. think about what what motivates us what's what's driving us um yeah i exactly. guess we'll i guess we'll end here um what are some goals for you for the coming year from a mental health perspective what are some things that you hope to work on genuinely i really really want to keep up this five o'clock club mm-hmm. um <clears throat> I, I feel like it's really really helping me um more than i i could ever give credit for or ever um have known before even trying it because i just it is really giving me that time to accomplish a lot of tasks early in the day mm-hmm. and when i've accomplished tasks early in the day i accomplish more tasks throughout the day without question it's like the old was, was it the sergeant that said about making your bed every morning mm-hmm. i'm sure you've seen that speech well i, I feel like even before most of the world has got up, I've achieved a hell of a lot. Mm. And that that's really, really helping me in my mindset to go, okay, well, if I've achieved X, Y, and Z already, well, what's stopping me from achieving everything else I want today? Um, and, and it's just giving me time to, like say, Brad, I, pr- I probably will in that kind of second 20-minute spell introduce some level of, of meditation because I do really think that's going to help me. Like I say, I'm not there just yet. Do, do you use any apps or anything, or is there anything that you'd recommend? Uh, I'm a huge fan of Headspace. I've heard uh, of that one. Yeah, they, they just have like quick little five minute, 10 minute mm. guided meditations. The, Perfect. The, the speaker, his voice is so calming. I think mm. he's like a shaman. Like, it's, it's, I actually really start today. I've never meditated before in my life. No, wait. Well, oh, let's, so let's you excited. and me, Connor, let's start today. Let's go. We'll keep up. What's it called? Headspace. Headspace. It's got like a funky yeah. little cartoon face as the Yeah. I've been marking November 1st on my calendar for months as my meditation practice start date. And so that's today it. I begin. That's it. Yep, that's it. Okay, I'm getting it now. There's one below it as well called Calm. Mm-hmm. Calm is they're the, they're the big two. Yeah. So yeah, so I think I think that with a little bit of understanding now in my in my maturity, let's say, or where I am with my life now, I'm starting to understand that there's there are things I need to do to to better improve myself. Um and I'm accountable for that and I'm responsible for that and I'm I can take action about that. So I think all of those things and just not let the noise of of the world be in my head 24 hours because it just can't be can it it just it's not healthy for for any of us um you know it's 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 social media can be a horrible place and you need to have time where you're away from it and you and you spend time with loved ones and you spend time with reality you know um oh what's his name the guy from uh and well he's in been loads of films i think he was in super bad and he was in um Wolf of Wall Street, not Leonardo. Jonah did, Hill. Yeah, did you see what he came out with recently? Yes. Yeah. Phenomenal. I have yeah. so much believed in that. And he, he yeah. talked about 
how social media should shut down at a certain time. <laughs> and again, it's weird I'm saying this because I live in this world and it would massively affect my business. Right. But but if I look at it from a bigger picture, I totally agree with it. Mm. I really, really honestly think if social media shut down at, let's say, 6 p.m. every night, mm-hmm. how many, how much more would you do with people? <laughs> I, I, honestly, right. I, would, I would ring up my friend and go, hey, let's go for a walk. Let's go, let's go play badminton. Let's go to the driving range. Let's go to the pub. Let's go, let's go and do something. Or, you know, I, I, it sounds awful, but I'd speak to my wife just that little bit more. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. If she's not on it, I'm not on it. That's saving right. us probably both 30 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an hour we could have talked a bit more. It's an hour we could have done something at the house or, you know, cooked or le- I could learn how to cook or, I could, you know, and so I must admit at the moment that, I mean, that statement that he came out with was phenomenal. And I really do, you know, I'm starting to understand the benefits of social media, obviously, but also seeing the, the other side of it now and going, I do believe there needs to be a, a shift in mentality in the world. And, you know, I'm seeing my kids like already, like obviously sometimes we're giving the tablets, sometimes they're on YouTube kids. And I'm like, we need to limit this. We need to limit how much they're on it. We need, this is not, we weren't programmed for this. You know, even recently I've, I've deleted like Twitter off my phone. I've deleted TikTok, TikTok off my phone. Um, you know, I'm starting to monitor how much I'm using my phone. I've never done that before. I've never, ever had, you know, the setting where you can actually see how long you're on the phone for. Right. Mm-hmm. I've never had that on before, ever. And now I am. And now I'm, like, more conscious about it. And I'm like, well, how long did I spend on that app this today? Oh, my God, an hour. What am I doing on an hour on Instagram? Like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to look at it and go, okay, I know it's work. But how much of it is actually work and how much of it just mind numbing right. scrolling? Sure. Like all all I'm working out is my thumb. What's the point? Right. Like, do you know what I mean? So to answer your question, I think I'm at a really a real turning point in my own life where I'm starting to go, no, this this needs to change. And I, I want to set good examples to my kids. I want to set good examples for people around me. Like yeah. You know, if I'm on my phone, typically the person who I'm with is on my phone. Mm-hmm. Well, let's not. Let's not even have it on the table. Let's have it in my pocket when I go out for a, a meal or, you know, because if I'm doing it, they're going to also not be on the phone. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. so yeah, it, it's, I, I feel like I'm at a stage at the moment where I'm, I'm excited about my next few months as a person to kind of try and work out myself a little bit more. That's beautiful. I'm glad we caught you at such a pivotal, fun, and I energetic remember, moment. I remember this as a point to say, well, not only one, because I had a great chat and really enjoyed speaking to you both, but one, another thing to go, okay, that's a nice little rev up. You know, I've been two and a half weeks in. This has helped me. Let's get let's get me through all the way through November, getting up at five o'clock, reflecting on myself, a bit of meditation. I've just downloaded those two apps, Brad. Yes. Good. I love it. December so 20th. That's day 66, right? Yeah. yeah. December 20th. Sat, we're pulling for you. Meditating. I'll be thinking, Brad told me to do this. <laughs> I love I it. I should say, Brad re- recommended me to download this app. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I've really enjoyed that. Thank you, Rick. This was a lot of fun.